Hello rescuers. Before we dive into GM's journal proper, I wanted to sort of tell you that I've made a bit of a decision. I noticed GM's journal is basically a weekly show and it comes between the main episodes on Saturdays. And with that in mind, I've decided to shift its release to Wednesdays and allow for an early access release when I finish editing it over the weekend for my $3 and higher patrons, which I think will add a little bit more value to their support and is a great way of saying thanks to them. I hope that you agree with me that making a weekly fixture will be a good idea and we'll see how we get on with this series. Um, But I wanted to say up front that, you know, GM's Journal, looks like it's here to stay. Welcome to the Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal. My name is Che Webster, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my own Game Master journey. Each journal episode features my audio notes recorded here and there over the weeks between my regular gaming sessions. It's a pretty candid snapshot of my inner life as a gamer, so you have been warned. Game on. Hey, Che, it's Jeff. Uh, I just wanted to say that your your last podcast and your idea about one system and one setting uh, for it as being the only thing you play for the rest of whenever, wow, that's a hard question. Um, really interesting to think about because it really makes you focus on what you want in your story and uh, what kind of system it really appeals to you and really makes the most sense. I don't have a good answer for it, but I'm certainly thinking about it. So uh, thanks for for giving me that to think about. Hey, Mr. Webster. Wow, I sympathize with you, man. The number of times I've tried to decide on the one system to rule them all, the one game that I can concentrate on getting mastery of, and every time I've um, failed, failed dismally. Basically, I've given up on the idea now, and... um, I would be so bold as to perhaps suggest that you give up on the idea as well. I don't know you. I've listened to you enough, I think, to know that you're a man that likes the new things when they come along and you're intrigued by different systems and, you know, the lure of of the next great idea it is so strong. I wouldn't be wouldn't beat yourself up, mate. I would I wouldn't bother. Just um you know, just keep trying stuff out and don't worry about it. The voices of Jeff Collier and Colin Spike-Pitt-Green there. Thank you for calling in, guys. Really good to hear from you. Two very different responses. One perhaps more hopeful than the other. I don't know. <laughs> Should I just give up on the whole idea? Well, I'll tell you what. You're going to find out this week how I kind of got along with that idea so far. Um, and I kind of want to let that speak for itself. What I will say is... I don't know. I love to discover new games and I love reading them. But I recognize I need to discipline that. I need to control that. At the moment, it's just crazy. Most of the stuff I buy, I never read, let alone play. And it's wasted money and it's wasted time. So, certainly, I think this idea has sort of 
driven me towards a bit of a discipline and I'm buying, I'm really cutting back, I'm buying less, which is good, saving me some money. Um, and I think the other side of it is focusing on one game right now. It's, oh, I don't know. Right now, it just seems about all I can manage, so it's enough. Aside from that, guys, though, thank you so, so much for calling in and sharing your feedback. And especially Jeff, you know, really good to hear from you, dude. And so, so good to have your support as well. Thank you. All right, quick update. Um, Sunday morning. Friday night was the big decision. Um, the guys have chosen to play Castles and Crusades in a fantasy genre. And I've got a world to build, which is cool. Um, yesterday I took the basically the entire day off. Uh, Deb and I went to MCON, the East Midlands Convention, which is kind of like a geeky sci-fi fantasy and comic convention. Um, there's very little there of interest to the gamers, so I didn't really bother recording anything or you know, looking out for anything. Um, but, you know, we got a geek on, went to a Star Trek uh, Q&A with um, three of the actors, which was cool. And... Last night, kind of had a bit of an early night and uh, just been doing some reading. Other than that, like really very little hobby. This morning, I woke up and um, wrote a blog post. So beginning of the campaign, I think is what I called it. Um, put it up onto ubiquitousrat.net. So that's kind of filling in where I'm up to this morning. And just talking about decisions that guys have made in a little bit more detail. So if you are curious, you know, go check out the blog post. Um... So today is, um, I've obviously got chores and bits and bobs to do, uh, but it's the beginning of everything really. So I'm going to be going through my um, lists. I have sort of three big lists, which I mentioned in, in the blog post. Um, and the one I need to work on the most is paring down the um, list, brainstorm list of ideas, basically, um, which I'm going to do a little later today. Uh, as a complete aside... I had a message from um, Colin Spike Pit Green today, uh, yesterday, um, inviting me to play today. Uh, come and play Carmata with Jason Hobbs. I think it's two p.m. UK time, um, and I had a quick chat with Devin. It sounds like that we could be up for that. So I'm thinking that um, I'll go and join in. Actually, I think I'd like to do that. So I'm going to see if I can make that possible. I've messaged Jason to check that you know, it's okay for me to go and play because I, I recognise that. Most people subscribe uh, via Hobbs and Friends to, to be able to play, and I don't want to want to screw around with that. But Jason a while ago invited me to come and play and have a game with him, and, and I'd, I'd really like to do that. And I kind of flaked out in you know Easter. I think I really wasn't in the place to be fair. But so yeah, that could happen today. I don't know, um, but um, that might be fun. Um, in the meantime, I need to work on that list. So I'm going to have some breakfast and get the chores out of the way, and then. That's just what I'm going to do. Start working on building this campaign. Quick Sunday afternoon update. Um, the game with Jason Hobbs and Calmata and with Collins kind of fallen through. Um, Jason cancelled. I think that's kind of fine and cool. Um, shame, kind of. I would over it, but hey, stuff happens. But in honesty, it's uh, been a day I needed to rest, actually. I felt really tired today. Um, so what I've been doing, I've, I've been doing a little bit of reading. Um, and I've dug out my Castles and Crusades book. So 
I kind of think this afternoon, one of the things I just might do is start reading the player's handbook. And I mean, like, really, truly reading it. Because I've kind of read it and I've run it, but have I read every word? No. And first step in mastery, got to read your rules. So, you know, that's where I'm up to. I also had a look at the list, and it's amazing, actually. It made me laugh. Um, a lot of the stuff on that list was kind of like, from the assumption I would run and run a science fiction game, and then things I wanted to include in that game. So what's left for fantasy is, yeah, there's not a lot of stuff there. So it's weird. I guess genre-wise, I kind of come with the assumptions of the standard genre, and... Right now, as we start, I don't see anything wrong with that. So I'm going to read Cast Crusades and build a setting to play that game. And we'll see where it goes. So it's Sunday night, about 8 o'clock. I'm just sitting down because it's time to create a world. And I've grabbed um, an ebook that I actually used a while ago. I used about a year ago when I created that world that we've just had to abandon. <laughs> Um, David Kent Kelly, uh, Kent David Kelly, sorry, Kent David Kelly's Game World Generator Deluxe Edition, talking about um, the Castle Old Skull stuff. I'll be honest with you, um, his products I find uh, his writing style irritating and all the rest of it, but you know, there's some cool stuff in there, there's some cool, fun generator tables that just kind of inspired me. And last time, it just really, really sort of struck a chord with me. So I'm going to do that again. I'm going to have a go. So I'm just sitting down. I've got everything ready to go. And I thought I'd just record like a very quick thing sort of to kick this whole process off. And uh, we start with step one, get a huge canvas. So that's what I got. Big hex paper time to create a world. All right, it's Monday morning. Um, last night, Sunday night, I spent about two hours uh, sketching out a massive kind of continental map, really. Um, it's basically six sheets of A3 hexed paper, each hex being about 24 miles. I think it's roughly 3,000 miles by 3,000 miles. So there's a fair bit of adventuring to be had there. Um, and then this morning, kind of got up and we've been doing the political stuff. So I've been working through dividing up the map into like First of all, natural regions and then political subdivisions. There are 108 different political subdivisions or territorial subdivisions on this map, which is, you know, a good start. And the next thing I'm now going to do is kind of like some general information for each of those. And then we'll be zooming in on basically one of them for a starting point. But um, I wanted to have a huge canvas. And um, that's one of the things I like about the Castle Old Skull approach. It's like really big, huge canvas. Um, there are some concepts and ideas behind that as well that are huge scale. And then it's really a blending of um, Kent David Kelly's um, approach and uh, Alex McCree's approach, actually, where you go from big canvas down to micro kingdom and you start building your campaign. But I had so much fun doing it. It's been great fun. Um, something about drawing by hand. I'm no artist, but I feel like it's it's been a good thing. It's been fun. So that's where I'm up to. So it's Tuesday morning, back at work. Um, 
just had the long weekend, which was nice and very creative for me. Spent some time in the afternoon with Deb and then finished off reading a couple of books, which was kind of nice. Today, um, it should be club night tonight. And um, as I'm really not sure what I'm going to do with Castle Crusades, actually, I am. I do think I know what I'm going to do with Castle Crusades. I think I'm just going to take a week or two's break from it with the club. And then after half term, I'm going to come in and run the world I'm building with the guys or for the guys t- uh, for the kids. So I think that's my goal. I brought in today, I brought in um, Fancy Trip Malay for a bit of fun. Um, that's a gladiatorial game. And then I talk to the kids about what they want to do. It could be that um, next week or even this week, we go for character creation within um, Ready For A Game. But I, I definitely want to park the um, kind of stuff with Mr. Muir and all of the stuff with the uh, Fire Citadel, at least at this stage. So um, that's where I'm at. Focusing. <laughs> in terms of my creative work, um, yesterday I kind of did the big map and I kind of spent some time, well, kind of, I absolutely spent some time sort of sketching the big picture. Um, what I need to do now is sort of write some of that up and then I need to dive into one particular realm. And I think I've chosen that realm and I think I know what I'm going to do there. Uh, but I'm going to let that bubble over over the day Um I hope to get some time tonight to do a little bit of writing before bed. And that's what I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try and do a little bit every day, um, or most days at least. That's where I'm up to. Um, We'll see how it goes. Today's going to be full on, um, you know, full day. So uh, now I'm going to be tired tonight. We'll see how we feel. But, you know, I have this real direction. I have a real sense of kind of purpose at the moment. I want to kind of keep that rolling. A really cool thing happened today at the school club. I was basically ready um, to play Malay. I was kind of kicking off, kicking back Castles and Crusades. But we started with a conversation. I had a conversation with about how I was beginning a new campaign, a new world with some with my adult gamers, and how I wanted to sort of bring that world to school in a more serious kind of way. Um, I had four players who had kind of come along. Um, so the group has really dropped down. But that's a good thing, because these are four players who actually sort of turned around tonight and went, that's really cool, so we really want to play a much more serious game. Okay, so I then sort of outlined that, um, what I was doing broadly, and the guys just turned around and said, hey, can we like roll up characters for that now then? So that's what we did tonight, we rolled up characters, and it was really, really cool. A couple of things that I did, a couple of decisions I made, which you know I intend to do with my games going forward, so first of all, I got them to roll 3d6 six times and assign the stats as per Castles and Crusades. But I also have a house rule, which I'm going to use, which is if you have no stat of 15 or higher, you can switch one for a 15. And the other thing we did is we kind of went around the table one by one. So instead of allowing players to roll up their characters, uh, kind of cross purposes and all at the same time, or even alone, um, we did them one at a time. We, what we sat with uh, the first girl on my left and she rolled her stats and then assigned them, and then we went to the next guy, and he rolled his stats and assigned them, and so on around the table. And all the way we were talking um, about the character that they had imagined creating. And that reminds me of the other really cool thing that happened. Before we rolled any dice, 
I said to them very clearly that my intention was to run the game based on really whatever the players want to do. So I made it very clear there will be no GM-led adventures. There will be no kind of goals that I'm setting out there. And basically, it's up to you as players to set your goals. And while I went it off to print some character sheets, I said, tell you what, guys, you know, we had, we had a brief conversation about the kind of things that you could do in the fantasy world. Um, and then I just kind of went off and I said, you guys decide what you want to do. When I came back, they decided as a group that their long-term goal is they want to overthrow the king of the sort of province that they're in or the kingdom that they're in. That's their long-term goal. And then that led to some really, really cool things. So one of the girls, she's playing an elven assassin. And she's really like, travelled away from the elven lands long, long ago. And has, you know, before we shared the fact i shared the fact that long ago there was an empire which was a good great empire that had kind of been torn apart by the the fighting infighting of humans and she decided as an elf she's really angry about the fall of this great empire that had been before and all she sees is a squadron children around her and she decided that she wanted to um essentially take revenge against poor rulers rulers who were like you know um foolish and so she has given up her wandering and trading days and decided to train and practice uh, her skills so that was a really cool start one of the guys wanted to play a barbarian he didn't really know much more than that but he decided that he's from one of the uh, barbaric tribes in the north uh, side of this kingdom there's kind of like a hadrian's wall style wall of the northern side of the kingdom when the town they're in is one of the bastions that actually like lines this wall and north of that is barbarian tribes and he decided that for some reason he's a barbarian who has kind of come into the kingdom so he wasn't quite sure yet whether he'd been captured whether he'd run away whether he'd been driven out and shunned for something in the past he's going to ponder it but that was the concept and the idea one of the girls uh the girls she decided that she was a noble's daughter and very frustrated with being like raised as this woman in a culture where she's not allowed to do anything essentially had conspired to run away had stolen a purse of money and kind of run off and decided she's playing a roguish character not um anyone with any particular skill right now um but somebody who you know is trying to find her way in the world by the quickness of her wits and sort of escape a family and perhaps one day kind of change the way things are for women in the kingdom and then uh, our final character is a guy who decided he wanted to be um, a half orc he wanted to be a fighter and he wanted to be somebody who helped train other other warriors and uh, kind of like lend his martial skills around and he kind of perhaps here and there hire himself out to a sergeant at arms and train the men at arms in towns he knows that he's mistrusted as a half-orc. He knows that he's a half-breed and won't be welcome everywhere, but kind of tries to sell his sword wherever he can. And again, seeking to somehow make a difference and change in the world. And as a group, they have decided that, okay, in the short term, they know full well they are never going to achieve this grand goal of uh, bringing right to the kingdom and overthrowing the, the throne. But they know that that's the trajectory they're on. That was really really cool and exciting session um basically spending some time with no kid there as older than 14 years old and look at the amazing kind of creativity they brought to the table which i didn't expect um and i wasn't prepared for um so kind of the pressure's on me i've got to now you know actually detail out this town they start in and a little bit of the kingdom you know i had ideas yesterday and i started that process but it really kicks me on this week i've got to pull that together i've got a week 
um, and be ready to play. So, you know what, this is going to be also where the adults start. And uh, so the work's not a waste, you know, it's nothing. And it's all going into this great world. But I felt so good about it. And I'll tell you what, I also feel good that I am committed to this. I feel different about this particular world and this particular campaign because I know that I intend it to last. And I think there's something in the intention. So that was my cool day today. Let's see where it goes from here. I just finished watching the Secrets of Blackmore film, which I supported on the Kickstarter. And um, it's good. It's a good two hours or so documentary about the early days of the Dungeons and Dragons hobby, I guess, the role-playing hobby. Um, very much the story of Dave Arneson and the Twin City Gamers. And I kind of want to first say that I feel so incredibly proud and so incredibly lucky to be part of this hobby from such creative people. I guess other than life itself, the greatest thing I owe to my father is his love of wargaming and how that led me to RuneQuest and to role-playing. And through all of my life, you know, to my wife and to the people around me, my friends who've tolerated my hobby for all this time, my obsession with this storytelling of this creative game, which, you know, I love so much. It's more important to me than anything else that I do. Teaching is important to me. The kids I work with are great and I love them and it's fantastic to work with them, but there's nothing that's more enriching to me than these elf games and I just wanted to say that I'm so proud and so grateful for the time and the ingenuity of other people and we stand on the shoulders of giants Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax and all of the gamers around them in the Twin Cities and in Lake Geneva and through all these years these great designers and creators and we can sit here and we can bitch and moan about like this game or that game or this edition and that edition or whatever it is. But to me, it's one. And yet I am also drawn back to the roots. I feel drawn to the roots. I've been feeling that way for a long while. Back to the game. Back to the emergent story that comes from players interacting and doing whatever they choose in almost complete agency um, within the world, within a fantasy world that Dave Arneson first imagined with Blackmore. And it's so obvious to me that the rules are secondary to the game. <laughs> and doesn't that sound odd that the game is not the rules? The rules are a way of adjudicating the game. The game is more than the set of rules. And it's where I come back to this idea of there being a set of mechanics and game rules and systems to adjudicate what you're doing. But there's also a game structure or a series of structures that you are um, experiencing and playing. And then there's a setting, there's a world within which you are playing. And that world has to be consistent. And as a game master... As a dungeon master, you have to be consistent and let that game world unfold. You have to describe it. You have to answer questions about it. 
and you have to uh, invest in it and you have to imagine it and design it and consistently represent it. Your players come and they mess around in that world and you adjudicate their actions and you decide really the challenges that you're going to throw in their way to test them and to stretch them and this is a hobby of ingenuity it's a hobby of great imagination it's a hobby of of challenge and fun and um i'm humbled by it really i'm gonna stop waffling <laughs> but i am genuinely grateful to those who gave us this fantastic hobby Thursday morning, back to work, um, back at school. Feeling the pangs of doubt a bit this morning. Um, worried that I'll be ready for next Tuesday's game and certainly for next Friday's game. Logically, I know that I have three major things to do. I need to do the area map, which I have begun um, using Hexographer. I need to create the starting town, the hometown, and there are a lot of things I can do to speed that up. I, uh, there's some elements I can reskin from other things I've written, and I also need to build some, or place on the map, a number of locations and I, you know, places of interest, really, and then from that generate some sort of rumours and various th clues. Um, Obviously, to start with, I only probably need uh, a handful of those clues ready to go. Um, if I'm talking about sort of 10 clues um, to start with, we're talking about clues for sort of maybe three or four things. So that's very doable. I think I might do four things and go to 12 clues, something like that. Um, so logically, it's very doable. You know, I have... Um, a little time, um, Friday night perhaps, although I'm usually shattered after work, but I have Saturday and I have Sunday, um, and then, you know, through next week, there's time. Um, I really do need over the weekend to get the maps and the basics of these things done and sorted, I think. That's feeling like a tall order for some reason. Um, I know it's always harder to do things when devs at home and um, there are chores to be done and such but the reality is that you know I don't use my time very effectively um, and you know it's just a matter of kind of sitting down I think I think it was Charles Sturgeon who famously said he was a preacher he famously said that the hardest thing about writing a sermon was the application of bum to seat <laughs> and I think that's very true I think the hardest thing about being a GM is sitting down and doing some work on whatever it is you need to be doing. What is great is I enjoy it. When I sit down and start, I enjoy it. It's not a chore. It's just that I feel the pressure before I sit down. I feel the doubt. Um, and you know, even intellectually, I know that if I sit down and start, I'll be fine. But the reality is that the emotions uh, block me. Um the resistance, isn't that what it's called? <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, that's how I feel. I'm feeling kind of it's Thursday, and I never could get the hang of Thursdays. Um, so that's an element, you know, and it's a drear day, and um, and my mind is on sort of various pressures at work that I need to get done as well. So I know there's a lot of negativity, and I know that I have a negativity bias, like every human being does, and I know that that bias is colouring how I view everything. Um, and it's going to need to take an active effort to spot some of the positives, um, spot the beauty around me. You know, I'm just noticing like the, the beauty of the trees up against the, the clouds. And I guess like you sitting here listening to this, that's going to sound really um, bizarre. But there you go. But that's it, isn't it? You know, I'm alive today. I'm good. I'm positive. I can do this. I got this. Um, it is a matter of sort of getting on, getting started making it happen Friday morning um, sitting in the car it's raining it's actually quite a beautiful morning even though there's rain and um, I've just been listening to Frank T's line of notes his first journal which is brilliant um, Frank if you're listening like I suspect you are um, keep that up man I really enjoyed it actually you're talking about um, 2.5D dungeon stuff, and I recognised and I realised that I know I bought a lot of material and printed a lot of material actually, and even started to make some um, 2.5D stuff using oh no Christian Richard stuff. That's right. Um, and God, my brain is frazzled this morning, and I, and I love it. And I think you know with my new campaign, I kind of want to make some of this stuff. I don't know whether my guys are going to go down a dungeon. I hope so, um, but. Uh, it really made me want to, like, listening to you talk about it again, it reminded me and uh, inspired me to kind of want to go and make some of that stuff. And it's time-consuming, I don't necessarily have a lot of time, and it might not be something I do immediately, but, you know, note to self, 2.5D dungeon and stuff, because I really like using miniatures, and I really like laying out stuff, and it's kind of inexpensive to make and do, and I enjoyed it. Uh, so, Christian, if you're listening, thank you again for all the work that you do. Um, I know you're a patron, so I'm guessing you're listening. And... Um, Everybody, if you you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about with 2.5D, uh, Christian Richards is your man. Look him up on um, Patreon, and look him up on Drive Through RPG as well, because all the stuff's there, um, and on YouTube where he shows you how to build stuff, which is awesome. Right, I'm going to stop rambling about that. Just going to mention one thing. I think a big mistake that I've been making with my dungeons is I've not made them lucrative enough. Okay, so admittedly, I'm a bit tight with treasure because when I was younger, the Monty Hall thing used to do my head in. When I was a player, the GM I played with, um, they kind of were in two camps. And one of them was this kind of like give you pretty much everything really quickly because they liked the idea of us being like superheroic and going around kicking butt. And although it was kind of fun to have the the gear, the games never lasted uh, as long if we could like trounce everything. You know, Goriel Swift for leaping um, 50 feet in the air and decapitating the Balrog um, as a hobbit was ridiculous. And whilst it's most, the most memorable player moment I've ever had, and therefore fun, it, it jars with me. <laughs> and it jarred with me at the time. So, I don't know. Um, but that made me, that kind of got, I don't know, I guess I went the other way. I kind of became tight um, and I became the other type of GM. And uh, that sort of, made sense to me a lot in a lot of ways because I could control the income and I could I wouldn't be flooded with gold and we would you know wouldn't have that thing where the game seems to break down when you have like all this gold and you don't know what to do with it and I think there are various solutions to that 
Uh, one of them being like the original game thing where it actually to, to get the XP from gold, it's not just about hauling it back, but it's about spending it in a class appropriate way. And I really like those ideas, but so they're coming in to my campaign and will be part of the house rules. Um, and that means that I can be kind of a little bit more generous. And I think this is the way it's going to be. I think the dungeons have to be richer than any other type of adventure. So if you want you guys to choose to go down dungeons, I think it has to dawn on them steadily and, sl and slowly that that's where most of the treasure is. That's certainly where all the cool items are. And then whatever they want to do diddling around in the world is up to them. And that's cool. Um, you know, but if they want to grow in power and they want to be rich, get down a dungeon. So that's my thoughts on this morning on, on dungeons and yeah that's what I think I'm going to do I'm going to start building up the levels of treasure to be kind of proper um you know not over the top but you know gotta avoid the Monty Hall but you know more generous than I have been um I also along with that um because the whole of the, the game runs on a flipping behaviorist dream wet dream um Skinner would be proud of D&D &D, I think um, by the way, I think behaviorism is a load of crap, but this idea that you're going to give them lots and lots and lots of hits of, um, kind of like encouragement. Well, I think my dungeons have to contain packets of a treasure that are significant, but not huge, but which over the course of that whole dungeon build to be quite a haul. And again, tempts the players like we can deal with this room and then or this this issue this problem this challenge trap whatever and then we're going to get hit and they get that little dopamine hit in the head and they kind of feel good they achieve something um and then they get to the next room and the next room and of course they're playing the resource management game they're playing the risk and reward game and i think that would make it fun yeah that'd be fun saturday morning it feels like i might have arrived at some kind of equilibrium at the end of a week Saturday night gaming tonight, um, cancelled. Stonehell is dead in the water, really. There were four players. I think two of them basically had a fallen out. And now I have two. And um, the truth is that that, <laughs> that dungeon is too deadly for two characters. And the guys aren't really very keen on running more than one character. So, oh, what with all the changes going on Friday night... And what with kids this week kind of going, hey, yeah, can we play in your world? We love playing CNC, can we play in your world? It seems like it makes sense for me to bring the uh, whole triad in line, really. If I'm going to run a Saturday night online game, then I run it in the same world with CNC. Um, and I'm on a search run now for new players because these two guys, I kind of feel like I owe it to them to keep, they want to play with me. Um, to keep finding something for them and um, I feel like I need to sort of open the table up but I don't want just kind of anybody so I don't know last night I posted to my Patreon and I asked if any of the patrons were interested um, there's not been a tremendous response uh, which I don't think I really expected but I thought I'd at least ask um, I don't know, we'll see how it goes with Saturdays. I kind of think that I'll pick, try and pick it up in June, give myself a break for a couple of weeks, um, also, and then sort of try and pick it up. But yeah, Saturday night is kind of like finally healed over. I think this has been coming for a while. We've not been able to get a game together for a while because people aren't showing. It brings me back to the question of like open table versus kind of closed table, if you like, or fixed table. And I'm really 
kind of come full circle. The reality is that I want regular gamers we commit. It's a team sport thing. <laughs> you know, we commit to the game. Um, and I think I want to reward people who are consistent. And drop-in is fine, but it's disruptive. Unless you're set up for that. So the other option, of course, is to make Saturday night a drop-in game. Um, you know, to run not connected games. Um, but I don't know. That's a lot more work. <laughs> In the end, you know, doing one thing well, I think that's what I'm going to focus on. So, now I'm feeling good. I'm tired. It's been a really hard week. It's been really tough at work as well. Even though it's been a short week, we had the May holiday and and such. But, hey, this is where I'm at. So, onward. That's it for another GM's Journal episode. As always, please let me know what you think and drop me an anchor voice message to share your response. My goal is to create a community of discovery about role-playing games in which you can feel accepted, whether as a player or as a game master. Come and join the conversation. In the meantime... All that's left is to wish you a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster, and this has been a Roleplay Rescue GM's Journal episode. See you again on the flip side. Game on! Curse you, Webster!